Zero Talks Comics. This is the podcast where I talk with friends about the comics that we've been reading and enjoying lately, plus occasionally some episodes and creator interviews. This weekend, I'm back with another casual catch-up, talking about the awesome comics that I've read over the last couple of weeks, my recent pulls, and still working out the... I want to do this new segment because it's a new one, so like scheduling wise and format wise. So originally I was thinking weekly, but then that's just no, that's just too intense. So I think bi-weekly, every couple of weeks is a nice middle ground where it sort of keeps you caught up and acts as a bit more of a, a casual episode, shorter episode, much shorter than the monthly roundups, but still not like bombarding you and not like overstressing me with forcing myself to get a new one of these out every weekend I can just do it every couple of weeks and yeah so before I get started I just want to mention to subscribe to the podcast where you're listening rate and review if you can etc five stars preferably but um I, I really appreciate any support and ratings etc it just even if you just listen, or especially if you can like share it around, it always means a lot. And uh, I managed to have some awesome conversations recently at another Zoop chat a couple of weeks ago with Sky Hawkins on their comic that they drew with T.S. Luther on writing called Tokyo Fire, which was absolutely awesome. Go back and check that conversation out. The, the campaign just ended and it was successfully funded, so that was great to hear. Uh, Eden S. Parker and Griffin Sheridan on Kill Your Darlings, the new Image comic which I'll mention in a moment, because that came out recently. That was a great conversation about the comic, and definitely go check it out. It's always really satisfying when there's a new, nice um, image number one on the stands for everyone to dive into. Most recently, there was the conversation with Spider-Man, on Spider-Man Life Story, sorry, with Clark and family from the Comic Geeks community. That was a really fun conversation that was recorded earlier in the year, so I'm glad it's finding out about one of my favourite Spider-Man comics, superhero comics, comics in general, Sadowski comics, it's just such a fantastic series, and I hope you go check it out if you haven't already, both the episode and the comic. In the coming weeks, we've got fun conversations with Jordan Asakwa and Vivian Trong on Cooking with Monsters, their new graphic novel series, hopefully going to be a series of IDWs of young adults, but that was a really fun book. And a really fun conversation, so I hope you'll check that out when it goes live in a couple of days and go read the book, because I think it's already out. It came out in the last few weeks. Another, we've got more Kickstarter conversations on people like Dan Price on this awesome comic called Big Footnotes Karate Hennigan, which is going live on Kickstarter very soon. And in a couple of weeks, at the end of the month, I'll have another awesome conversation to round out the month, talking about all the comics I really enjoyed in August, with a... An awesome guest, awesome friend, and just awesome fellow creator and podcaster, YouTuber. I don't want to spell who it is, but I think if you know, you might know him already, and I'm really excited that he agreed to come on, because nice, it'll be nice to talk to him personally. But with all of that out of the way, first of all, I just wanted to... I've got 10 comics, like 10 pools that I read over the past couple of weeks. I haven't caught up on Gotham War, I was going to originally trade rate it, but then I, I broke down and I bought Battle Lines and the latest Batman issue. So that's not included, and those came out in the last couple of weeks, but I won't be able to talk about those until the next casual catch-up, because I haven't read those yet. But otherwise, I've got five more honourable mentions, which I'll have to um, say less about, if I, if I can. 
and then my five picks, my top five over the last couple of weeks. And yeah, so let's get into it. First of all, Shazam number three by Mark Wade, Dan Mora, Alejandro Sanchez, Troy Pateri on lettering. I'm so glad this series is back after Night Terrors. It's just, it, it's so delightful, comic booky, fun, superhero fun. If you are reading World's Finest, then you sort of know the part of the, the vibe and the tone to expect. And it's similar, but still very like different and unique in its own thing. Especially, I think, as I mentioned before, with the colours by um, Sanchez, which gives it a much more warm feel. Whereas it, it's like it's vibrant and energetic, like Bond villains colourings and World's Finest, but its own way. It just has a different atmosphere about it, which um, is really nice to see. And generally, it's a delightful read. So I would definitely recommend checking that out if you want some good Shazam comics or just some good comics in general. The Hunger in the Dusk, issue 2, G. Willow Wilson, Christian Wild Goose. Diana Sousa, Michelle okay, Simon Boland, colouring, lettering, writing a lot of art, not, not in that order, but I really enjoyed this one, much more than issue one. I thought issue one was, was, was good, but I thought this was great, and the, the dynamic between the, the humans and the orcs and how that was expanded, and I thought we got much more about that, and I'm excited to see how it, it unfolds, and just such a nice issue, quality-wise, thick cardstock covers, which is always so much fun to see. Then Marvel Age 1000. These anthologies are always a bit of a risky bet in terms of like buying them because they're like expensive and if they're anthologies then it's hard to know if they'll be worth it. But I thought this one was it was a lot of fun. It wasn't essential reading, but it was just fun and even though they're expensive, I, I couldn't resist getting the both the main cover by Go Frank and the very clever by Francis Menopole because it's two of my favourite artists, so and they're absolutely gorgeous. I have them framed, and yeah, I, luckily I didn't quite have to pay full price, so that made it go down a bit better. But again, not essential reading, but if you have a light week and you see a copy that's just there and you think, you know what, I fancy like checking it out, then I would definitely recommend going for it just for some fun, Silver Rose inspired Marvel reading using most of those awesome characters. Next, Blue Beetle, issue one. This was a delight as well, coming from the movie, not really having read much Blue Beetle before, apart from the first dozen issues of his original series back in 2006. But um, Josh Trujillo, Adrian Gutierrez, Rob Katana, Lucas Gutoni, I um, apologise if I mispronounced any of those, but yeah, coming off the movie, you just want to read some Blue Beetle comics. I can definitely say I was satisfied with this and I'm very excited to see where it goes and to read some Jaime in monthly formats. I think it did a really exciting balance between showcasing where he is at the moment coming off graduation day which I haven't read but I really want to and showcasing his life as like a superhero and a person and giving moments to like his friends and but also carrying the the plot forward and giving you enough to be like this is where we're going to hook you coming back for more and the art was absolutely gorgeous it has that like awesome dynamic superhero art that i really enjoy and i think really fits for this sort of comic when you've got like, the people morphing into various beetles with their, their their scarabs and it's just very like kinetic and dynamic artwork which works really well and yeah I'm really glad that I decided to pick that up in the end. So, Kill Your Darlings, number one. Ethan S. Parker, Griffin Sheridan, Bob Quinn, 
John J. Hill, writing, uh, I was going to say arting, but that's not a word, um, artist, colouring, and lettering. This was, I, I honestly had no idea what to expect from this, but it was really good. I mean, it was one of those books, I think, where we thought we saw a preview, but they couldn't show too much because they didn't want to spot it. And I think that was a, a really cool choice because it, it gives you, it, it, it hooks you in and then you, there's still so much here to absorb. And I know that Ethan and Griffin might was lucky enough to have them on the podcast talked about how personal story is was for them. And I think that definitely comes through. There's a lot of emotional weight behind the story, even in the first issue, where you can feel how much Rose cares for these characters and these fantasy stories. And I think it is really cool when you can have that emotional connection and feel for a character literally within like pages of, of meeting them, not even like a couple dozen pages into her story and already so invested the way the art changed from like the fantasy world to the real world and, and one was more vibrant and one was maybe a bit more drab um really worked well and yeah this, this was so interesting i can't wait to see where this goes such a strong debut for ethan and griffin and consistently awesome work as expected from um quinn and john j hill so i definitely recommend checking this out if you have a spare spot on your pool and you want to try something new and fresh and exciting i think this is definitely it as i alluded to earlier now with those out of the way we've reached my top five of the past couple of weeks and at number five i have world tree issue five by james tyan the fourth fernando blanco jordi Belair, and aditya bidikar what an issue what an arc I remember this was, it's one of those comments where it feels like weird to say, oh, this was fun. Like, yeah, it's fun in a disturbing way where I, I went to see how issue four ended because I can remember I flipped back through it and I was like, oh, oh, yeah, that, yeah. So if you've read that, you'll know exactly what I mean. And so coming off of that, I thought this issue did such a great job by concluding the arc building off that cliffhanger and starting to show where this series is going to go in the future, sort of building out a long-term roadmap, maybe, for this series. I think it definitely shifts the the stakes and the scale. And I think the opening issues of this series have been quite intense in their atmosphere. And especially with the like the killer, it's not not necessarily built on shock per se, but a lot of sort of intense scenes and it can be quite difficult to maintain that same sort of atmosphere over like multiple issues especially when they're spread out over like six months or five months or whatever and sort of keeping it up and keeping people invested and compelled and keeping them disturbed so they don't just sort of check out and lose interest and i think that was a, a really good move to say like okay you've seen like what is happening at the moment this is where it might be going this is where like it, it could be going and this is what we're dealing with and the emotional stakes the the real world stakes there's so much going on here and yeah oh, it's it's almost yeah it's slightly difficult to talk about but it's really exciting and i can't wait as i always say with these i can't wait to see where it goes like like the panelling the the art it's it's so perfect for the, for the story. It's all rough and disturbing. And there have been some incredible pages in this arc. And whew, if you can, if you're into this sort of thing, 
going for more like horror based something that's like slightly disturbing and slightly graphic then another incredible horror book by tiny it looks like so i think the issue six won't be out for a few months yeah it's currently been listed for december end of december even so four months it's going on a break for four months so loads of time to get caught up the trade is coming out in november the first arc so if you're interested go get caught up read this and then we jump on or just wait for more trades and number four and fantastic four eleven and by ryan or even credo he's just able to joker and magna on wrestling and most of the alex ross covers for this series have been great and this one is also i mean yeah it, it is good but the lozano variant alexander lozano absolutely phenomenal i think there was an episode I recorded yesterday that won't be out until next week. But I mentioned how I love when artists take the Human Torch. They have such a vibrant art style where you can like, you feel like you're gonna put your hand up against it and it's gonna like feel warm or you can feel the heat and the color is so rich and like the oranges are just, oh, it's, it's so cool, it's so incredible. But yeah, this was another delightful issue, and I, I think delightful tends to be the the keyword of these series, like Shazam, World's Finest. That was another one that I used this word for, I feel like, which I can't remember what it was, but um, but it's just, he's having these like, standalone stories and they're self-contained and they're like unique and exciting and they always feel so fresh. I think that's what keeps really exciting me because like I'm I'm a sucker for a fifty issue epic saga as much as the next person, but to have this these like stories which are just like again self contained and they're not like stale they're not um like oh like oh when are we gonna get to a main story and like in quotes they're not oh just you know they're, they're not like throwaway either they feel like, compelling and emotional and. He manages to use these characters in a way to get us like really invested in these stories, and it's what I always hear compliments about his unbe- unbeatable squirrel girl run with Eric Henderson, where he manages to similarly balance like the humor and the emotion and the plot and the characters, and that's such a strong suit of this one here that I absolutely adore it, and it's always great to see uh, Ibn Quello back on artwork because I know he obviously can't do every issue, but. His artwork here is just, again, I absolutely adore it. And more great colouring and lettering by Abatov and Cameron there, as always. One of my absolute favourite runs at the moment. I, yeah, I, I haven't read as much of them as I would like, but I'm definitely working on that, um, including a book, which I'll mention a bit later. But yeah, I absolutely love Fantastic Four, so this has been such a fun run for them. Next, uh, number three, I have Birds of Prey. Issue 1, by Kelly Thompson, Leonardo Romero, Jordi Belair, and Creighton Cows. This was such an awesome, fun issue. I have to admit, I didn't think I had room for this on my poor list. I was, when it was first announced, I was interested. I was like, oh, that's, that's cool, that's neat, that's exciting. But it wasn't something I was immediately going to pick up, even with as strong as a creative team as it is. But then, talking to Kelly about it, which, yes, if you um, are jumping on with this episode or you jumped on with a recent episode of back in August I was lucky enough to have Kelly on the podcast talk about uh new stories of Matteo de Ayodoris and the Cole from Image again another great series and it wasn't even anything she spe- she specifically said it was just such a like 
bubbly and excitable and wholesome energy and positive energy that's what I'm looking for about her that made me really want to check this out and make cream fruit on my poor days like take something off and I really enjoyed this first issue I loved it in in, in a smaller week with like it, it, this could have easily been the, the pick of a week um on on the like week a week or a smaller week but just because there were so many fantastic books out it didn't quite make a bit as a solid uh, number second place for the week it came out but yeah I really love Leonardo Romero's art I think I was first introduced to it on the Mighty Marvel Masterworks covers which are these like paperback smaller sized books collecting old like Marvel Silver Age and has such a classic vibe um influenced by those sort of things the sort of pop art the and especially with the fantastic legendary colours of Geordie Belair she can really make it sing and get that colour in and get that texture that sort of cartoonish like brilliantly comic booky artwork it's just and this is definitely like a team building issue like getting the team together but I think it, it's done so well I think it illustrates because this is like such a fresh start for the team and I mean it's Kelly's first like ongoing series at, at DC it's not quite her first DC story because I think she did the story in Harley Quinn, Black, White and Red, um, recently. But yeah, this 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 I was really excited for this and it did not disappoint. I'm so excited to see where it goes. It's such a strong start and I think this should definitely be worth um checking out if you're interested. Like give it a read. It, it, it was so so fun. At number two we have my pick of the week from August thirtieth, which is the plot holes issue one by Sean Murphy and Matt Hollingsworth on colours. And this was an awesome book. I think it was it was crowdfunded a couple of years ago on Indiegogo by Sean Murphy. And so I I didn't get it then, but I was like, oh, that looks interesting. That looks really cool. But then I forgot about it for a while. And then it was announced it was being published through the direct market by Massive Publishing. It was, I think, an, maybe an imprint of what not publishing or owned by them. It's, I'm not quite sure. But um, as, like, the description says, the... The plot holes are a squad of fictional warriors who transport themselves into the pages of other books, using their unique skills to save the plots in order to stop them from being destroyed. And like that, combined with like the Sean Murphy's first cover, the series showcasing the different characters we have. There's like a manga influenced guy. There's a blue tiger. There's like some really cool characters um, here. And I think it's not only an awesome showcase for his artwork which I just absolutely adore, the way he can, like, draws these different styles, and, like, the detail, the texture, the, how the, sort of, like, the, the rough, sort of, rich, like, indie colouring of Matt Hollingsworth makes it feel, like, it's not flashy, it's not blockbuster, I mean, it kind of does feel blockbuster, but in, like, in its own way, not in a, like, Jorge Jimenez or Dan Moore way, it feels such a distinct and unique and compelling, awesome style, that it's one of those weird things where, I realise that I probably should tell you more about it to try and sell it to you, but I also don't want to spoil it. Like, I think it's one of those books you need to go and experience by yourself. It was such an entertaining first issue that I introduced the world. These characters, the ideas, like the stakes, all the good stuff you need in the first issue. And then with a really nice ending that's going to keep me coming back next month and hopefully for the rest of the series. Yeah. I'm really excited to see where this goes. I think this is definitely one of my most anticipated books since it was solicited. And yeah, 
I'm very eager to see what happens next and where Sean Murphy takes this. And of course, like we always, I always love Hollingsworth's following and general, and especially on Murphy's artwork. Then at number one, we have my pick of the week for September 6th. And for these top of the weeks in general, Sacrifices, Issue 2, Recommender, Max Fayumara, Dave McCaig. I just, I loved this issue. I think in August, I had like three out of four or five picks where issue ones with the Shalab and the Cull and the Sacrifices. And it's not easy to land an issue one as like a pick of the week or make a, like a, a decent issue one. But at least with an issue one, it's sort of like the first impression. You've got to put it all out there. It's such a strong, it's got to be a strong start. But then it's even more difficult to get a like strong issues like carrying on you can get like good or great or like fantastic issues going on but to get the like the pick of the week and be like the best book of the week and obviously that will depend on how many books you're picking up for issue two onwards it's gonna be something really special and i think that's what was really captured me about the sacrifices issue two reading it earlier where i could tell i was just invested i was wrapped in with this world i was entranced and I think uh, as this sort of goes back to my previous points about Sean Murphy, but the, the artwork by Max Fiorimara, which, again, I hadn't heard of before this series, but he was, like, fantastic. And Dave McCabe's crying, which, which is gorgeous, where it feels, like, rough. It, it manages to convey that fantasy feel in a, a, a similar way to Jerome Pena from Seven to Eternity, where it's sort of, it's flashy and exciting, but there's also such a, like, almost a grit and a texture to it that feels so, so perfect for a fantasy book. Because they often have that sort of, I don't know if med- medieval aesthetic is, is the right word to describe what I'm thinking of, but with, like, like the like the rust, like the rusty chains, and you can feel, like, the clang of the, like the chains and that steel armour and, like, the the nature and, like, the clothes and the like emotion of the characters it's just it's always so hard to describe these like art styles and what i want to say about them but obviously the best way to do that is just to experience it for yourself i mean you have no choice (laughs) but i really enjoyed about this issue how it issue one was a lot of i mean it it was like establishing the premise and everything and it obviously had a lot of emotion definitely but this one had even more emotion showcasing lots of conversations between the characters where they're so unsure about like what's happening to them and what's going on and the how like scared they are and it's so compelling and of course like the environments on their journey went some stunning landscapes and from Fayumara and McCaig it was just such an exciting issue it made me like I think desperate to know more I know like I think with some series when you're sort of, like, expecting them to be great. I, I have some stories in my pool that are just sort of like consistently, like, brilliant and exciting and that I can rely on, and I love that, of course. But there's also something equally exciting about a series like this, which you weren't quite expecting or anticipating that sort of, you're like, oh, like, oh, yeah, like, this is so good. Um, Great, great stuff. And I think it also especially has 
like Remender mentions in the page towards the end of the like, the first issue in the letters page, and and it, I think it's also covered in a couple of letters here like the experience of reading this serialized month to month and having that experience of like the cliffhangers and the the slow build up taking that journey with the characters rather than just reading over a short period of time which i mean there's pros and cons of both so but yeah i highly recommend checking this out if you want a, a new really cool indie series on your podcast especially by the mender and i think there's something about it that's so like methodical and rich and great great stuff so i know i, I don't want this to go on much longer I just to mention that I did recently read the Fantastic Four by Hickman on the bus, volume one, by with lots of great artists, including Dale Eagles Ham and Steve Epting and so on. And this was such a wild read. I think that's what I always hear about Hickman and it's something I've briefly experienced myself, as I like I mentioned earlier with my thoughts on the Fantastic Four and how much I enjoyed them. I think it was so fun to finally experience this like classic run that so many people love and just the, the scale of the ideas here. I think that was something that's probably gonna be one of my main points when reviewing this. When as someone who sort of has read like the Wade and Ring Wade Waringo run and then going into this as like the two runs I've read in the two thousands and how they're sort of several years apart of the two thousands and how one is very like homely and cozy and warm and feels like a warm hug and this one just feels like a blockbuster movie in both in like the best ways but managing to not lose the emotion and the character in all of that scale and spectacle and where both just hit like equally as hard which anyone who's been listening to this podcast will know how many millions of times I mentioned how much I love that so this was such a uh, fantastic read that I'm very excited to pick up that second on the bus and conclude this run because and it's not it wasn't too long of a read which is nice like obviously decent decent size but still sort of manageable compared to some of the best I have and yeah I, I love this definitely it's up to the praise and the hype if you're into this um in preparation for the interview with Dan Price I, I mentioned that's going to go live next week I was glad to check out the first issue with his original main series, Bigfoot Knows Karate, which he co-wrote with Casey Annam and drew himself. This was so fun. I think I mentioned this in the, in the interview, but it, it does such a, a great job of having like a cohesive style between the the art and the lettering and like the, the speech bubbles and like, the panel borders and the fonts and all of that. And it all just comes together so nicely. It makes for not only a fun comic, but also a very stylistically satisfying one, and one that has some interesting like character threads and emotional threads that I'm and plot threads that I'm interested to see where they go if I get a chance to check out issue two and more issues he creates or they create with Dan and Casey. Next, or finally, I should say before I wrap up, so to mention some of the the books I'm excited for over the next couple of weeks. So uh, there's so many books coming out this month, so many awesome books. Um, things like World's Finest, Superman by Williamson Campbell. So back, so glad that series is back after Night Terrors as well. That was such, uh, again, delightful series for that event. And I'm really excited to see where it's going to go because it was just so fun 
and it's always fun to have a Superman series on the poor list, and that one has been awesome so far. And then, obviously, a couple more parts of Gotham War out, which I'm excited to get to once I, once I come out, once I catch up. Doing Catwoman in 57, and Batman, Catman, Batman, Catwoman, The Gotham War, Red Hood, issue 1. There we go. Bit of a mouthful for me. From Marvel, we have Strange Academy, Moon Knight, issue 1, a sequel to last month's Strange Academy, Miles Morales, number 1, which was... Okay, it was it was good. I I didn't regret picking it up, but um yeah, I, I really enjoyed the that the Ramos connecting covers that are gonna be the variants for this, which I'm excited to get another one of those and then spend that one that comes out next month. So maybe it will redeem itself, but it was fine. It, it it was it was solid, it wasn't bad, but it was just wasn't anything particularly special, unfortunately. Also Avengers G five, love that series so far by Dead McKay and issue five is got art by even by already Federico Blee colouring quality or lettering. That's been such a blockbuster action fun series so far. It still manages to, especially because of the way the story is told, give the, the characters their moments to shine while also creating some compelling villains and some compelling storylines. And I think it's definitely been a really strong series so far. I've really enjoyed. It's always fun to with the the Aaron run from like all the way back in 2018. I dropped that after the first arc because it was fun, but that didn't wow me, didn't hurt me. So I'm hoping that this one will hold me for longer. Immortal Thor issue two. I heard lots of good things about that first issue. I wasn't planning on picking it up. There's going to be another trade wait, but I enjoyed the first issue and the artwork. Some of the artwork in the first issue, the splash pages were incredible. And I trust Ewing. I'm going to. Check out issue two. I'm going to see where it goes. I feel like I need a few issues to like properly get into it. I'm not. I enjoyed it. I'm. I'm not like oh, I love that. I need to desperate to read it, but I'm willing to give it a chance and see where it goes because I feel like it could be something really special. From Image, Fish Flies issue two. Jeff the Mayor, Fish Flies issue one. From a couple of months ago. These these are every couple of months. It's really cool. Sort of extra sized. Um, six dollars, but it's like actually worth it because of the page count and the quality of the story. And I really loved issue one, and I I can't wait to see where this goes from the bit. And I have no idea where it's going to go, but we'll see. Well, won't we? With the great Steve ones on lettering, uh, Kaya issue eleven. Never gonna stop championing this series. So much fun, so awesome. The art storytelling by Wes Craig, Jason Wordy, and what design writing and art, coloring and lettering. Such a fun, probably. Quite younger readers orientated, not necessarily orientated towards them, but suitable for them. Fantasy series, definitely recommend. The Shalab issue 2, loved issue 1. Very excited for that by Stegman, Porter, Cannon, Spicer Hill. Great creative team, really fun first issue. And that, it was wild, but I, I absolutely love the zaniness of it. And I'm really excited to see where that series is going to go more long term. Void Rivals 4, I mean, Kirkman, Felici, Lopez, I mean, Again, such a great creative team. It's been an interesting series so far. I've enjoyed it, but I think, like some other people, I'm also very curious to see where it's going to go. Back from a break, back from like a four-month break, so glad to have What's the Furthest Place from Here back by Matthew Rosenberg, Tyler Boss. Has it not been our whole on writing and art and lettering? It's just, it's definitely unique, but it's been so interesting so far. And... I'm at the moment. I'm never quite sure where it's going to go, but I'm into it for sure. It's sort of 
like some of the other works, like Four Kids Walking to the Bank, which I loved, and some of the albums, which I still need to read. It's definitely unique and quirky in the, the best ways. And as I said, I'm so glad it's finally back, because I can't wait to dive back into that set of awesome series. And then speaking of series that have been away for a few months, Saga 66, The End of This Arc, by, of course, Ron K. Vaughan, Fiona Staples, and the Phonographics. This series, this issue, I mean, was delayed a, f- a few months. The previous issue came out in June, so we've been waiting for it since then, but there's been sort of various production issues and things. I think it kept pushing it back, but I think hopefully it should be out this coming week, September 20th, after a few months. And I know it's going to break my heart, break all of our hearts, but I'm so excited to see how this arc is going to end and where the series is going to go next. I think that's always the, the thing with Saga. And what I've enjoyed about following it once a month over the past couple of years since it came back from the multi-year hiatus is that you never quite know where it's going to go, but you love it all the same. I mean, I think most people do, lots of people do. I know some people have feel like it's lost its momentum, but I don't agree personally. And so invested in these characters and bring it on. I, I am ready to get my heart broken. Whew. So that does it for this casual catch-up. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. I hope you got to read some awesome books recently. I hope you hadn't had a great couple of weeks. I hope you have a, another great couple of weeks until we talk again. Um, but, but it's a very one-sided conversation because I'm, I'm the one talking and you're listening, hopefully. But I hope you get to read some awesome books. And then on, I'll roll the outro. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for on this episode. I want to thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review the show five stars wherever you're listening. I would really appreciate it. If you want to keep up to date on new episodes, please subscribe. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email the show at joetalkscomics.gmail.com. Additionally, if you need any back issues, ratio variants, core variants, or just anything in general, cool stuff to do with comics, you can check out the website for Beaders Thingamajiggets, the comic book store in Fort Collins, Colorado that most of these comics worked at. And you use Joe Loves Comics at checkout to get 15% off. I don't get any money for that. It's just a cool thing for you to use if you want to yeah, check out their site and if you see anything that you like. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Joe Talks Comics. And finally, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Loves Comics where we can continue talking comics. That's all for now. I hope to see you next time. Bye.